worship your holy name today, Lord. We worship your glorious name. Your name is powerful. Your name is awesome. Your name is our strong tower. The righteous, they run to it and they are saved. You are our hiding place. You are our rock. You are our shelter. You are our provider. Oh, you are our hiding place, Lord. We thank you when the enemy looks for us. He cannot find us because you are our hiding place. You alone are faithful. You alone are glorious. You alone deserve the praise. You alone are God. We thank you. Glorify your name, Lord. We've never seen such is so faithful. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. You alone are worthy. Father, we worship you tonight. Give you the highest praise, Lord. We give you the highest praise. We have come to worship you. Just like the three wise men came to worship you. We have come to worship you. We bring our worship in this place this evening, Lord. King of glory, take your place in this place, Lord. Wonderful Emmanuel, you are with us. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You are so faithful, God. Oh, we give you all the praise. You are worthy, Lord. We give you the highest praise in this place, Lord. Mighty God, King of kings, Lord of lords. Who is like unto you? Who can be compared to There is no one like you, Lord. Thank you for being our God. Glorify your name, Jesus. Oh, we give you all the praise. Take your place, Lord. 
take your place, Lord. Take your place, Father. Teach us your ways tonight. Give you the highest praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. Give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Words cannot express our gratitude of who you are. We give you the praise. We magnify you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And the saints say, Amen. Amen. And the saints say, Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. He's the author of all of this. He is our God, our faithful Father. Amen. So today we're going to speak about this God. Amen. You see, the only way we can gossip about God is to speak about him. Is to tell what he has done. Amen. Is to tell everyone what he has done. That's the best thing to gossip about. Tell everyone who God is. Amen. So tonight we're going to speak on the title... I have named, I don't know where God will take us, but God is faithful. Amen. Amen. God is, tell your neighbor that God is faithful. faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. What, What does it mean that God is faithful? What does it mean that God is faithful? He is trustworthy. I don't know what this year has been like to you. Where you felt like giving up. Along the way, it's November the 6th. Some of us wanted to throw in the towel. And say, you know what? Can't deal with this anymore. But I want to remind you today. That God is faithful. The God who woke you up this morning. He is faithful. Did you have breakfast this morning? The God who provided breakfast for you, he is faithful. What does it mean he is faithful? He means he remains loyal no matter what. He remains loyal to your cause no matter what. He remains true to his word no matter what. Amen. Let's read Psalms 89. In verse 18, he remains true to his word. He remains true. He never wavers. He never changes his mind. Amen. He never turns back on his word. He, is, he never turns back on his word. Psalms 89 and verse 18. The Bible says in Psalms 89 and verse 18. And verse 8, sorry. Verse 18, chapter Psalms 89 and verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you? Who is mighty like you? You think the mountain you are facing is mighty? Oh, who are like the, the scripture letter read this evening? We'll go back to that one. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty? Like you. Oh Lord, your faithfulness. 
also surrounds you. So wherever God is, faithfulness is there. He is faithful. He is so true to his word. He is so powerful. Like the scripture letter read, I think it's Mark 11, chapter 23, verse 24. I, I was in the other room, but I heard it. You know, the mountain, you shall speak to this mountain and say, mountain, be removed. Be cast to the sea. I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast to the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. No matter how big the mountain. No matter how big. God is bigger. O oh Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O oh Lord? There is none. There is, there is no mountain that will overwhelm you to kill you. No, unless you allow the mountain to defeat you. There is no mountain that can put so much pressure on you that God cannot deal with it because his faithfulness, it also surrounds God. God's faithfulness surrounds you all the time. You should wake up in the morning. This is why the scripture in the book of Psalms, which is coming to my spirit now, where we say, you know, God is my shepherd. His goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. And the house of the Lord is not just in the church. Wherever you are is the house of the Lord. Why do I say that? Because God is on the inside of you. Where you move, that's God's house. Where you stay, that's God's house. Where you walk in the, when you are driving in the car, that is God's house. In your workplace, that is God's house. So goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. So the house of the Lord is going with you wherever you are. Because God, the greater one lives on the inside of me. The greater one is going with me. No matter what you are doing, the greater one is there. So when you face the challenges, sometimes we forget who is on the inside of us. When the letter comes, you are shaking like a leaf, forgetting the greater one is on the inside of you. When the challenges come, you lose your job, you forget the greater one is on the inside of me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you imagine that promise? I will never, leave, never ever leave you. I am forever by your side. I'm in you by your side. And now we heard that his faithfulness surrounds me. Another scripture comes into my spirit. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds you. When God surrounds Jerusalem and protects Jerusalem, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so God surrounds me. So if you are surrounded, where is the entrance of the enemy? Is in our mind. The entrance is only in our mind. He tells you, oh, God has forgotten about you. God doesn't care about you. No wonder you are going through the same cycle year after year, month after month. You are going through this. God has forgotten all about you. 
he speaks through your mind. So you can start reasoning. Oh, maybe, yeah, it's true. Maybe God has forgotten about me. Maybe it's true. God has forgotten. Why is so and so blessed? The Bible tells us not to envy the blessings of non-believers. Don't envy them. When you see them prospering, don't envy them. Your time is on the way, but God is dealing with you every step of the... Don't envy when somebody gets prosperous. Don't envy them. Thank God for their lives. Amen. His faithfulness, what? It surrounds us. Verse 9 of the same Psalms 89, it says, You rule the raging of the seas. Are you there? Psalms 89, you rule the raging of the sea. When the waves rise, you still them. When the waves rise in your life, God says, peace, be still. This is a faithful God we serve. When every raging sea is raging, your finances are raging like sea. Your relationship, your husband is raging like a, a sea, like a, a tornado. Your wife is like a tornado in the house, moving from this room down, raging like a tornado. You rule the raging seas. When its waves rise, you still them. When the enemy rises up against you, you still them. You know, enemies rise up on a daily basis. You know, this week an enemy was trying to rise in my workplace, but I just said, God, it's because it's you. You know, another, you know, place tried to steal my, 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 my employees, <laughs> offering this and that. And I said, God, it's only you. Because this once happened once. Another person wanted to leave the workplace, went into, to start in another place, and they didn't like it. And they came back. And they came back. They said, there is nowhere that I can work except here because I feel safe here. When the seas are raging in your life, you steal them. I don't know what's happening in your workplace. Who is threatening you? Who is writing funny letters? Who is condemning you? Who is calling you incapable? You are not capable of doing anything. I don't know what the banks are telling you. I don't know what your friends are telling you. Whatever the raging storms, you steal them. He gives us peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds. That's the peace God gives you. Because if you are not peaceful, you cannot sleep. You will turn this way. And then you, you, you wake up, you, you press your phone. It's only 2.30 in the morning. When is 6 o'clock going to get to 6? Because I want 6. And then you try and turn, go and make a hot chocolate, come back, walk about. If you are, your heart is not still, you try and sleep. Before you know it, your eyes are open again. You are thinking and thinking, forgetting that he is the prince of peace. And he's on the inside of you. All you need to do is speak to the peace of prince and say, Lord, you are in charge. You give peace to those you love. Amen. You give peace to those you love. 
Praise God. I haven't even started my message. God is faithful. Praise God. Amen. Our God is faithful. There is nothing. What does it mean to be faithful again? God, it means to stand by you. Somebody who's faithful, a husband who is faithful, a wife who is faithful. You stand by your husband. You stand by your wife no matter what. When you stand at the altar and you are all still young and beautiful and the future looks bright, you always say for better and for worse. How quick do people forget? For better, for worse. All we want, if, if we are all given the opportunity, what will you choose? For better, for worse. Emmanuel, for better, for worse. Just for better. You are, you, are, you are being so honest. Provided, given the circumstances, you'll stand there and say, God, I want him healthy. I want him wealthy. I want him this tall. I want him looking like this. I, I like him washing dishes. I like him cooking. I like him doing this. I want a perfect husband, a perfect wife. Isn't it all our heart's desires? Of course. But when you stand there and make that commitment to be faithful to each other for better, for worse, whether you are getting richer or your finances are drying out, there is no exit door to say, he's not bringing enough money, so which door is the nearest one? Which door is the, the nearest exit? You see, when you get married, all exit doors mind the closing. The doors are closing. You've entered into a covenant. A covenant of better or worse. A covenant of provision. Whether he is sick or he is healthy, you have to be there for one another. Whether there is a diagnosis hanging above their heads or not, you stick to each other. You stick, not, not because it's all joyful, whether he buys you the latest, what's the latest car? I don't even know the latest cars. What is it? Tesla, there we go. Do you know what? Today, I'm not joking. Today, I had somebody gave me a lift on a Tesla. Today. I'm not, I'm not joking. I was telling my husband, I said, a colleague of mine gave me a lift. In a Tesla. So you see, the promises of God are not too far. Yes. To be honest, I didn't even know about the Tesla. <laughs> until I got in there and she said, this is my husband's toy he bought recently. So I said, okay. Let's, he, she, couldn't even, she couldn't even open the doors. So I stood there and I was like, okay, do you want me to help you? She couldn't figure out how to open it because it's that new. It was a Tesla, black one. S something. I don't, I don't even know what it means. But it was a Tesla. So the promises of what I'm saying is the promises of God, whether he buys you there or he doesn't. Are you still going to thank God for the husband he gave you? Or are you going to look for another? Like John the Baptist said, 
are you the Jesus or should we look for another? You know, he was trying to find an exit door. Should we look for another? Are you, are, are you are the, the real deal? Pastor always says, you know, about how we met, where I was, where he was. He always tells the story. It's not what somebody has that makes you love or marry the person. Because, you know, this is life. Things turn around within a second. The person you are despising to say, oh, he's not bringing enough. Oh, oh, we don't have enough. The next minute, God has blessed them beyond measure. If you decide to go for the exit door and the door's shut and he's there and you are here and God blesses them when the doors are shut, how many wives want to go back to the husband they despised and say, oh, I'm sorry, now that they see the material things, how vain. Where were you for better, for worse? So the covenant that we have for God is based on that God has made a promise between himself and us. And God sticks to his part of the promise. Now, do we stick to our part of the promise? Do we play our part of the covenant? Because God, the Bible says in the book of Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man. He is not a man. You see, I was talking about men and wife because we are all men. We can change our mind. We can say, oh, my wife, when you saw her 20 years ago, my wife is the most beautiful person in the whole world. 10 years later, you say, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? Why have you changed like this? When I married you, you were so thin and now you are like this. Three children or three children or four children later. Do you think she'll still remain the same? God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. So there is no man in him, if you know what I mean. There is no man in God. There is no, like men, we are men, but there is no man in God. So God is God. God is faithful. Has he said it? Will he not do it? How many times has somebody promised to do something for you and you come back and they said, oh, sorry, I haven't done it yet. You go back and they say, oh, I'm sorry, um, I can't do it anymore. The bank promises you something, oh, sorry, Mrs. So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, I know we said we could, but now we can't. The lawyer said, oh, I thought your issues um, are going to be solved this way, but now I've looked into it and they can't be solved that way. I have to refer your case to somebody senior. How many times do we hear no? But God said, he is not a man that he should lie. If he says it, it should be done. It's a done deal. If, it, if God says this is like this, it's a done deal. He is, he is that faithful that he will do it. That he will do it. But do we know what he will do if we don't read his word? Because everything he will do for us that he has promised is in his word. The only way we can find out is to go into his word. Find out what he said. Find out what he said he could do.
Deuteronomy 4, 7, we are so privileged as believers. We are, you know, the most privileged people to have access to God. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon him, what nation is this great that can have God so close, so near to us as the Lord our God is to us? So we are privileged to have God so close to us. Some long for God and they cannot find him. Some long to have this relationship with, have with God. Some still don't even believe there is hell or, 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 or heaven. That is how bad it is, as the Lord our God is to us. For whatever reason, we may call upon him. So whatever, whenever you want, we can call upon him. That's why Jeremiah 3, 33 says, call upon me. Anytime, any day, we can call upon him. We are so privileged, he is so close to us. People envy us for the relationship we have with God. Why are you so peaceful in the, in, in the midst of the storm? We don't understand. You are not settled, but you are happy. We don't understand. You are not married, but you are happy and things are happening for you. We don't understand. We are married. We wanted to get married. We got married, but we are not happy. But you are single. You're still happy. You love God. You are excited about the things of God. You are excited. What, what is keeping you? What is keeping you happy? When everyone is, is going, you know, about to, you know, sometimes I sit in my workplace and I think, what would have happened if I didn't have God? In this nation. If you don't have God in this nation for God to comfort you, for God to give you direction, for God to be there for you, for somebody to cry to, to say, God, because sometimes you go into your secret place and you cry before God and say, God, only you can help me out of this. There are silent conversations between you and God. You can call upon him in, in, in the noon time. You can call upon him at break time of dawn. You can call upon him when you wake up with fear in your sleep. You say, God, you are here with me. You promised me that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Therefore, I know you are here. You are in control of this situation. What a great nation that has God so close to them. What a privilege we have to have God as close to us. Amen. So the, 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 faithful of, the faithfulness of God went further. God told us he's faithful, he's faithful, but he made an agreement with us through covenant. You remember, no, when we have covenant, covenant is so meaningful because that is a reminder of, it's like a contract we have with God. A covenant is like a, a, a written, you know, when you, you get employed, you get a contract in your hand and your employer tells you, we will pay you 20 pounds an hour over so many hours that you will do and the contract is going to be renewable every year or your contract is going to be for six months and they are obligated to keep to the terms of the, of the contract, of the covenant. And so you are also supposed to keep the terms of the covenant the same way with God. Once we give our lives to Christ, 
we enter into a covenant with God. And this covenant is everlasting, is perpetual, is there forever. It's a formal agreement we have entered into God. Once we, we, we declare that he is Lord over our lives, he takes over our life, he takes over the affairs of our life, he takes over everything in our life as we give him, as we do total surrender to him and say, God, I give you my heart. You know, when you give your life to Christ, you not know, just say, Lord, Lord, I give you my eyes. No. Lord, I give you my hands. That I, you can use anything about my hands. Lord, I give you my feet. Lead me where you want to go. But Lord, can I keep my money? Because my money, I've worked hard for it. Can I keep my money? Have my, my mind, have my hands, have my, you know, my, my legs. Wherever you lead me, I will follow. That's fine. But Lord, can I just keep my money? Because my money is mine. We say, Lord, I give you my, I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. We're not giving him half and half. We are giving him everything. If, if, you know, our, 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 as a human being, we are made of a body, a mind, and your spirit, your soul and your spirit, and your body. You give him everything, everything, your mind. Your mind is about your thoughts. You give God your thoughts. You know, it, it's amazing if you let your mind wander off what it can think about. <laughs> You know, if you really let your mind loose, it can think about all sorts of things. <laughs> Amen. But when you give your mind to God <laughs> and say, God, take over my mind, take over my soul, my reasonings, because, you know, we are, we are human beings, but our spirit is saved. But our soul is still doing its own thing because God gave us that free will to say our soul, you can think about anything, but we have to be on guard. Then we've given our spirit to him. Therefore, let our spirit influence everything. You know, your body can tell you, I'm tired. I can't wake up to pray. And it's easy for you to say, you know what? Yes, let's agree together. The three of us, we are tired. Let's put ourselves to sleep and sleep. But you can decide, God, I want to wake up. You can set every alarm, put every system around to make sure you wake up to read the word of God. You wake up to pray, you know, you wake up to do the things that you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's training ourselves into godliness because our spirit is saved, but our soul still thinks its own things. You have to put your body under subjection. To align with what it wants to do. Amen. It's like a man. You are a born again believer. You are walking down the street. You see a woman who is not your wife. And you know you start thinking. Oh it should be nice if this woman is my wife. But you are married. Put your body under subjection. I'm a child of God. I'm not meant to think like this. Amen. I'm not meant to think like that. Amen. So back to, to God's covenant. God made a covenant. I want us to go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 
verse 8 to 9, and read what God has promised us, amen, through his word. Deuteronomy chapter number 7, amen. We have a covenant with God, praise God. 7, 8 to 9, praise God, if you're there early, amen. But because the Lord God loves you, it goes back, you can read from verse 1 when you get home. But because the Lord God loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he saw to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. Amen. From the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Amen. That's your portion. God has redeemed you. Amen. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is who? He is God. Amen. Who is he? The faithful God. Amen. It's not just God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Praise God. What an awesome God. He, is, he loves you. He told you in verse 8, he loves you. Rest assured you are loved. If you, if you were raised up and you didn't feel like you were loved, there is the love of God. Because the Lord loves you. It doesn't say because you were brought up by a mother and a father in the same house. It doesn't matter your upbringing. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what happened along between the time you were born and now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happened. Because God loves you. He says, behold, the old things have gone. Behold, the new, the new has come. Because God loves you. And because he would keep his oath, which he saw to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand. It's not just a feeble hand, shaky hand. He brought you out with a mighty hand. He brought you out with a mighty hand from Egypt and he redeemed you. He bought you with the highest price you can ever find. He bought you with his, the precious blood of his son. He redeemed you. He bought you back. He bought you back. Therefore know that God, he is God. The faithful one, not just an ordinary God, a little God who doesn't know what he's doing. He is a faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. Right. If you have a child here, is that your thousand generation? Your children? If, you're, if you give birth to children now, what generation is that? What generation is that? Yes. So it means the blessing is going to a thousand generation. The blessing is not, if you are on blessing number two, it's going to a thousand generation. It's not, the blessing is not just for you. The blessing is going to a thousand generation. You see, your children our children will have children and their children will have children and their children will have up till that's the covenant we have. 
the covenant we have with God, it goes to a thousand generations. That's how much he loved us. That's how much we are loved by him. Amen. So some of this generation of, of, the, of, of the covenant he made was with Abraham. He made a powerful covenant with Abraham. We are Abraham's. Gen- we are still maybe, I'm not sure if we are in the thousand or maybe we're still in the hundreds. The generations are just going. Thereafter, he made it it's up till the a thousand generations. We don't know which ones we are. Maybe hundredth generation, we don't know. But the generation, the blessing will continue to speak. A thousand generation from us is still going. It's still going. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 12. Amen. From verse 1 to 3. Praise God. Hallelujah. He is an awesome God. He alone is God. Amen. Are we there? Get my Bible. Praise God. Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house and to the land that I will show you. Amen. I will make you what? A great nation. I will do what to you? I will bless you. And what will I do to your name? I will make your name great. And through you and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Praise God. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who what? Who curses you. Without you doing anything. And in all, in all, In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is your portion. He will bless those who bless you. He will curse those who curse you. You don't even have to lift a finger. He's already cursing them. For the mere fact that they are cursing you, they they don't know, but they are cursing themselves. Because he said, I will curse those who curse you. He didn't say, I will use your mouth to curse them. Those who bless you, if anybody blesses you, God will bless them. Those who curse you, come and, bless, and curse you. God says, don't worry, I've got this. I will curse them. You know, in, all, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Therefore, it means everywhere we go, we need to be a blessing. Because that's our covenant. Amen. Genesis 17. Let's go. Let's go quickly. 17, we are on Abraham's case. Because every time we refer to him, that Abraham's blessings are mine. But we don't really take time to read what the blessings of Abraham are. Amen. The Bible says, when Abraham was 99, right? And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. You remember that almighty God? who is able to do anything exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ever ask or imagine. He says, I am the, 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 the almighty. In actual fact, they should have said that the almighty God, because there's only one of him, the almighty one. Walk before me and be blameless. Mm, What a challenge to walk before God and be blameless. 
He says to us, I will make my covenant between me and you. Oh. And I will multiply you what? Exceedingly. More than you can ever ask or imagine. Amen. Verse 3. I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and said, God, and, and, and God talked with him saying, this is what God was saying to him. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be the father of many nations. How old was he? Okay, you're really good. You're listening. Amen. No longer shall your name be called Abram. When God cuts a covenant with us, he changes our names. No matter what you've been called in the past. If you've been called failure, God changes you to success. If you've been called sick, God calls you healed and well. Amen. He changes your name. Amen. Amen. If, if people call you, you will not amount to anything, God will exalt you. Amen. So your name shall be called Abram. Wow. New name. Amen. But your name shall be called what? Abraham. For I have made you father of nations. Where's the baby? Father of many nations at 99. Mother of all nations at 99. I will make you the father of all nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. 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 I will make you at, at 99. And I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. Whew, what a promise. Kings are coming from our solution. In the mighty name of Jesus. God is making kings out of us. Queens out of us. Nations shall come out of you. Praise God. Let's go. Verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. And now it was just, it was between you and me. The first part. Now I will establish my covenant again between you and me and your descendants after you. And after you in their generations. For an, uh, is, it, is it a part-time covenant? Is it a temporary covenant? Is it a today covenant? Is it just for 30 days covenant? Is it a yearly covenant? For what covenant is it? It's an everlasting covenant. It's an everlasting covenant. Everlasting. Everlasting. To be God to you and your descendants after you. To be God to you and your descendants after you. You see, we haven't prayed for our descendants that are coming, but God, the covenant is already speaking. Before we even see their faces, even before our children get married, the descendant after them, the covenant is speaking. The covenant is already speaking in their lives, in, in, in our families, is already speaking. And the descendants 
after them. Amen. Verse 8. Praise God. Also I give to you. This covenant is long. <laughs> and I give to you and your descendants. Remember say it's now all of us. The descendants after us. Us and God. And the descendants after. I give to you and your descendants after. The land in which you are a stranger. Is there a land that you are a stranger? Where you have to be asked to do, sign this, do this, do that. You, you feel like you are a stranger in the land. He says, I will give to you that land in which you are a stranger. If you are a stranger to possessing anything, God says, I'll give you to that land that you are a stranger. Do you need a job? I will give to you the land in which you are a stranger. Because a stranger is somebody who, who, who is not from there. If it's a job you want, that you want to find yourself there. You are a stranger. But he says, I'll give it to you. The land where you are a stranger. Amen. And all the land of Canaan is an everlasting. Okay, Canaan is a beautiful land, right? All the land of Canaan is an a what, how, how long a possession? Everlasting. Everlasting possession. And I will be their God. Amen. 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 Verse 9. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you throughout their generations. What a faithful God. His covenant is not temporary. We've learned that. His co covenant is not for a month. He doesn't bless you just for a month. And you think, ooh, I've received the testimony. One blessing. Wow, this month, God is with me. Next month, you're like, oh, nothing happening. Every day, we are in the covenant. Whether you see the tangible manifestation of the covenant or you don't. When God spoke to him from Genesis 17:1, he was 99. All hope was gone. Sarah just gave up. He had gone through past everything that a woman needs to go through from birth, adolescence, post, pre-post, peri-post, post-post. Everything had gone. You know, this is, what, this is what I love about God. When you think you are in your lowest of lowest, God says you cannot go any lower than that. Then my glory will be seen. Then my glory will be seen. Because I will raise you up from wherever you are and put you on a pedestal. And everyone will know that it was me who picked you up and put you on a pedestal. So don't give up. He was 99. He was 99. So the, the covenant did speak. He tried it his way to make it work. Sometimes we try and help God. And gets, God says, I don't need your help. Just relax. I've got this. I've got your back. I said, I will walk with you. Just relax. Take your time. Abraham had the covenant, 
excited about the covenant. How many of people are excited about the word when it's being spoken? That he got so excited, saying, God, you will bless me at 99. Wow. And then after God spoke, he came to his senses and said, oh, hmm. my walking stick is there. Where do I begin? Generations after me will be blessed. Let me be quick to help God. Hagar spoke to his wife and they said they agreed. Bad decision. Bad, bad, bad decision. Agreed with his wife for something really bad. To overtake God. How many times have you done that? I've, I've done it before. I've done it before. Think, oh, this is taking too long. Let me just do my own thing while I'm waiting. But you always come back to the same place. Because it wasn't God's idea. Amen. Anything that doesn't give you peace is not of God. Anything you have to think too many times and think, ooh, maybe, maybe not, no. Will it, will it not, no. But when God makes things happen, the Bible says he has made everything beautiful in his own time. Everything becomes beautiful in your own time. It becomes beautiful. You, you find, oh, it's less effort. Everything is just happening because God is in it. So he went and, and, and lo and behold, Ishmael was born. But the covenant was not with Ishmael. The covenant that he spoke about in Genesis chapter 17 was with Isaac. It was with Isaac. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And then God said to Abraham, he will bless him, isn't it? He said, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. So we understand that Abraham was a very blessed man. In Genesis 24:35, the Bible tells us that he had the Lord established the master greatly and he gave him what heads of flocks and silver and gold and, and male and female servants and he had everything, camels, donkeys. He, he was blessed. I mean, anyone who's rich in flocks, silver and gold, he had servants all around. He was properly blessed. Amen. Because the Bible tells us in, in Proverbs 10, that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he adds no sorrow. So he was happy. He was very happy. Then he had Isaac. So now the covenant is speaking. Genesis 26, 13 and 14. So he had Isaac. This is his generation beginning. His real generation, not the fake generation. And what does it say of, of Isaac? It says, I think if you want to see his name, you can go back to verse 13. So you can believe me that it was Isaac. Amen. Praise God. I think it says it in the previous verse that the man began to prosper. Let me see if I can find it. Where it says Isaac. I think it's the previous verse. So you can see that once he, there we go. Then Isaac sowed in that land. Okay. He's following his father now. He sowed in the land and he reaped in the same year. How many folds? A hundred flow. Because the covenant is speaking. The faithful God is speaking. Amen. He reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Okay. Then verse 13. Then the man began to prosper. 
Okay. And he continued doing what? Prospering. Amen. Until he became how? Very prosperous. Hallelujah. That is your story in Jesus' name. You will begin to prosper. You will continue prospering until you become very prosperous. It's your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Jake, Isaac had Jacob. Okay? That's his son. So the covenant is continuing to speak. Genesis 30 verse 43. It continues to speak. No matter where you are, it continues to speak. Amen. Right? This is concerning now Jacob. Okay? You can read at home so you can know that, you know, Jacob is there. And it means Jacob, that's the man. Right? Jacob became what? Exceedingly prosperous. And what did he have? He had large flock, female servants, camels and donkeys. Right? Is the covenant speaking or not? It is speaking. It's from generation to generation. It continues to speak. It continues to speak. It never stops speaking. It never stops speaking. Amen. And the same of Joseph. He continued to prosper. He continued to prosper. Genesis 41, he carried on prospering. From prison, from the pit. To the prison. To the palace. To the palace as a prime minister. Genesis 41, 42 to 43, please, sorry. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and he put it on his hand, on Joseph's hand. And he clothed him in a garment of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Praise God. And he and he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. For he set him over the land of Egypt. This is the descendant of Abraham. Right through the whole Genesis, the covenant is speaking. You see, the same covenant is speaking over our lives. We have a greater covenant. It continues to speak. But the thing is, our eyes open to this covenant. In Ephesians, Paul writes to say, I pray above all things that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Be enlightened because if your eyes are not enlightened, you will not see what you have in God. If your eyes are not enlightened, you will not see what you have in God. There's a scripture I really love that I'm the apple of God's eye. Everyone loves that scripture. Until I saw that, wow, Proverbs 7, 2. If you are there, Proverbs 7, 2. I, I love it. I said, oh, I'm the apple. Oh, God looks at me every day and, you know, he's happy. You know, he sees me. Until I saw Proverbs 7, 2 and I said, wow. That is what we should be doing. 
Amen. The Bible says, keep my commandments. Right? And what is the apple of our eye? My law is the apple of your eye. That is where the secret is. Keep my commandments and leave. And leave. What, what is the apple of your eye? Maybe let's, let's start there. <laughs> what is the apple of your eye? The apple of your eye is your pupil. You know that little dot in your eye? That is the apple of your eye. So if the Bible tells me, and my law is the apple of your eye. So it means... Every time I blink, my, my apple of my eye must be on the word. When you open your the Bible, this is why the book of Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 8. What does it say? Let's go there. Joshua 8, 1, 8. If you keep God's law as the apple of your eye, every second, every minute you have, take the word and eat it. It says, keep my commandments and live because my commandments give you life. My commandments give you prosperity. My commandments guide you. My commandments are the lights to your path. How will you know what the light of your path is if my commandments are not the apple of your eye? Powerful. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night. And thou may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way how? You saw how Isaac and, and, and Jacob, they, they became prosperous, very prosperous, until they became very prosperous. So the Bible is telling us that this book of the law, this book must not depart from your mouth. Thou shalt meditate on it. Before the word comes into your mouth, the pupil of your eye must look for the word. Look for the promises. Find them. Extract them. Set them aside. The pupil of your eye is extracting and putting them aside. Before you know it, you are declaring the word of God on a daily basis. I am blessed and I'm not cursed. The covenant of God is speaking through my life as you bless Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph that they were prosperous and they became very prosperous until they were exceedingly prosperous. So I am prospering every day. Everywhere I am walking, I am blessed. The covenant is speaking in my life, is speaking in my husband's life, is speaking in my children's life. The word is going. It doesn't say this book of law shall not depart from your mouth. So it means you are opening your mouth to say something. You are seeing the word and you are saying the word. You see the word, you say the word. Because you can say, oh, I'm meditating on the word. Just sleeping and closing your eyes. I'm meditating. Oh, God is so good. God is just so good. Very good, God. You haven't said anything what he said in his word. He is good. That, that's a fact. He is good. What did he say? Because the angels, they do the bidding of God's word. 
Even if it means you have to actually open your mouth and, and say it loud. And say it loud in your house before you walk out of the door. And just say it so that the angels, they hearken to the word of the Lord according to Psalms 103. They, they don't hearken to your meditation. They hearken to the word of the Lord. You can meditate. It's good to meditate. Think, ponder about what God, Sila, as the Bible says, Sila, ponder over these things. It's good to ponder, but if you don't say it, just wake up one day, even read the Psalms aloud. Read the Psalms aloud. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. He will say of the Lord, he is my rock and my refuge. He is, my, you know, just continue to say it. Say, I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. Most of us, we just think, you know, I'll just keep quiet. When you're saying it, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. The thing that are coming against you, if you just say, Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God in whom I trust. You have never failed me and you will not start today to fail me. Before you know it, the angels have come. The angels have come. Yesterday, we were traveling. Um, one of our daughters was performing in Worthing yesterday. So I was driving. And all of a sudden, my phone just decided Google Maps is not going to work uh, on the phone. And I was thinking, how are we going to get there? You know, I was phoning my husband at home and saying, oh, honey, can you check? How do we get to this place? Instead of calling God. And I think... After a while, he says, no, try this, try this. I'm sure it will work. And I thought, this is not working. I'm not going to phone him again and tell him this thing is not working. I'm just going to pray, you know. Before we knew it, we were back on Google Maps. I don't know how. Google Maps just started working again, and we were off on our path. But, you know, sometimes we look outside of God. Our first priority of help, instead of saying, God, let this thing work, let's Google Maps is, you know, I'm sure you, you, you have all the internet. You can, you can wire something and this can work. And I'm calling on my husband at home. Sweetheart, if he's busy on the phone, I'm thinking, oh no. He's busy on the phone. What am I going to do? Call upon me. His phone is never engaged. He's not on another call and puts you on hold. The internet, everything you need is there. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. We have a covenant with God. And until we search what God has said in his word concerning us, we'll perpetually be going round in circles because we don't realize what we have. You know, sometimes meditating, you, are, you know, you are just pondering on the word. It doesn't mean you have to read the whole Bible in one day, in, in, in two months. And, and because if it doesn't mean anything to you, you haven't read it. Read it until it means something to you. Like that scripture 7, 2, it was a rhema word. I was like, what? My, read my, love my commandments and leave. 
And let my word be the apple of your eye. A friend of mine called and I was like, what? I just had a powerful thing. I've always thought that I'm the apple of God's eye. Yes, maybe that's obviously true. But God wants the apple of my eye. Not to be the TV. How many times our apples look at the TV in a day? Gaze on the news that are sad and depressing for hours unending. Watch things that are not beneficial to our spirit. We're not saying don't watch TV. Everything in moderation. Who you spend your time with is who you become. If you spend time in the word, the greater one on the inside of us is going to be greater. Greater, greater, greater. He will take over our lives. Amen. He will take over our lives. So this covenant we have with God is a permanent covenant of faithfulness. And God wants to prove himself faithful in your life in a way that you've never seen him before. Purpose today that as the day is unwinding, our prayer is that God give us the desire for your word. Because if you don't have the desire for the word, you read it two minutes in your bed, the apple of your eye become the book of your life. <laughs> it becomes the book of your life. It's happened so many times. As soon as the apple moves from there to there, you think, oh no, I'm falling asleep. As soon as you watch a movie, you are alive as anything. You get the popcorn out. You get the drinks out. You get, the party is starting. The party is out. The party is on. Why? Because the enemy knows when the apple of my eye becomes the book of my life. I'm ignorant. I don't know what God means. I don't know what God is doing in my life. He will keep me in perpetual ignorance as much, as long as I want because I'm not reading. The apple of my eye, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Adam. To, to Adam. I don't know what happened to Abraham. What happened, Lord? Tell me. You know, what happened? We don't know what he's saying to us. And this word must mean something. Don't read it like a novel and, and, and just be excited about the stories and Delilah being tie, tying Samson. And because we can easily get carried away and say, why, 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 did he tie, why did she tie him? What is God <laughs> saying to us is, 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 is the best thing. You can never, like the seven two, I'm carrying it with me. I'm saying, God, keep my commandments and leave. Lord, if I keep your commandments, I'm leaving. I am full of energy. I, and if I keep your Lord, the apple of my eye. So now I'm like, every time, Lord, where, where, where's my apple? What are you saying for this hour? What are you saying in this season of my life? Even, you know, now technology has made it so easy. Everyone has a phone. You have your Bible on your, on your phone. Sometimes you even have scriptures that remind you on a daily basis. To say meditate on the scripture, it, it gives you a plan. It gives you a plan on today, read on this. Just meditate on it. See what God is saying through the scripture. Because I can give you the same scripture, but I'm sure that scripture spoke different things to all of us. Yeah. But to me, my law is the apple of your eye. 
Wow. So it means where I am. I need to know what God is saying for this season. Amen. Praise God. Is that my alarm? Praise God. Did you receive it, somebody? Amen. Did you receive it tonight? We have a covenant-keeping God. Amen. He is faithful. He will not fail you. Amen. He will not fail you. The blessing is running from one generation to the other. Amen. Today, just stand up and just begin to cry to the Lord. To say, Lord, give me the desire for your word. Amen. The secret things and secret places. Because he wants to show you and unveil mysteries to you. He wants to show you things in hidden and in secret places. And the only way is to get your attention. Ask yourself at the end of each day, what was my pupil, my, the apple of my eye, gazing upon today? Every day at the end of the day, what has my, the apple of my eye been gazing upon? Every day, every day. The answer you're looking for is in his word. He will tell you things to come. He will show you mysteries. He will show you hidden riches in secret places. Because he is God, the almighty one, the almighty one. He is faithful. He is true to his word. Father, we thank you for your word. Give you all the praise. We thank you that you have shared your word with us today, Lord. We thank you that you've opened our eyes to your mysteries. We thank you that we'll continue to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Give us the desire for your word, Lord. We thank you that you take away sleep from our eyes when we read your word. We thank you that we'll read it with focus. We'll read it with understanding. You'll give us rhema words every time we open your word. Give us a personal word that implies to our lives personally. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And the saints say, Amen. amen. And the saints say, Amen. Amen. Let's appreciate the Lord for his word that he gave us tonight. Father, we thank you. We are so grateful for a word you have spoken over our lives. We thank you that you'll continue to remain faithful in the lives of your people. Lord, we thank you. Anyone who's going through a challenging time, we thank you, Father, that show yourself as a God who is faithful in their lives. We thank you. You've made a way where there seems to be no way. We thank you that you'll continue to making a way for somebody in this place, Lord. We thank you for, to, that you'll continue to heal somebody. We thank you. Anything that looks insurmountable, every mountain is leveled off today in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that your covenant will continue to speak in our life because you are a faithful God. Give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, and the saints say, Amen. 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 God bless you all. The Word of God says, Is any sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church, and let them pray for them, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. If you are sick in any part of your body and need healing, why not join us for the next special healing school, Saturday the 7th of December at 6.30 p.m. at Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, West Sussex, RH10-8DS. Please call 07938-494-294 or visit solutionchapel.org for further details. The Special Healing School, Saturday the 7th of December, is free and open to everyone. Come and receive your healing.